Hi, I'm Karen Gillen, and this is the Remarkable Life Podcast. And today we have a special guest. It's Heidi Taylor. Can you tell us who you are, what you do? I can. I am, my name is Heidi Taylor. I'm a business and sales coach. <clears throat> Pardon me. I work with established business owners who their business has stalled and they need my support around their business and their sales process. I love it. I love sales. I love that Me you, too. I'm assuming you love sales. <laughs> it is never boring, always fascinating, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it's all people. Right. right. It's such a piece of like to sell is to be human and to yeah. desire things and buy things is to be human. Like it's such a, we don't get, we don't get through life without it. Yeah. And I mean, we just get to be so curious. Mm hmm right? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're using a script, you don't really get to be curious and that's not my kind of selling, but, mm -hmm. um, a sales conversation is an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it's, if it's done from a place of curiosity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. So the reason just to give everybody a little background, um, Heidi recently came into my summer sessions group for coaches and talked about strengths and using their strengths from the Gallup strengths finder to improve sales or understand their sales processes better. And it was so much fun and just made me feel like there are so many times where we take an assessment or we do a quiz or we learn our um, human design or whatever the thing is that's happening lately. And then we know it and then we do nothing with it, which is pretty much what I would have said about how I learned about my own strengths and then never really utilize them. Even though when I know a high school graduate, that is the gift I give them. I give them the book and so they can go learn their strengths. And I say, if you want to talk about it, let me know. I love so, that. I liked it enough to think that it matters, but not to apply it to any specific process in my life. So how did you get to the point where you were like, I'm going to take these and run them through sales and help people? Like, when did this come about? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, a lot of our problems as business owners, we try to solve our, solve our own problems first. And then we're like, oh my goodness, I think I'm onto something here. And so that my problem was I was attracting a version of the same client with similar strengths as mine, basically, a, I was going to say a carbon copy of me, but like very similarly strengthened as me. And I realized while I loved these people and we had great conversations and they made some progress, there wasn't as much progress happening as I would have liked. And instead of saying it's me, I'm defective and defaulting, and, and you know, there's a problem here with me, I realized, you know, at the same time I was going through the whole strengths assessment with a mentor of mine and, um, you know, realized the correlation. 
And I thought, I really need to test this theory out. And so that's, that's how it was born. I realized like, if I am having trouble because I'm attracting mostly people like me, how can I use my StrengthsFinder top five to, for marketing language, for in sales, delivery, um, in prospecting, in, you know, uh, qualifying people. And so now I just use it with everyone <clears throat> and show them how to leverage it for their sales and for their business model. Right. I love it. Cause when we, you know, when you were in the group, it sort of like reorganized my understanding of my history with sales. Kind of like when everything like falls into place and like, oh, this all makes so much sense. And even how, because one of my top five is woo, even how there was a time period where like people were buying everything that I sold and that started to feel scary to me. And I ended up with some clients that weren't a great fit. So I think I pulled back because I was like, I don't, I don't want everybody in my business. And that yeah. definitely, you know, then I took a dip and then it's, how do you come back into relationship with the powers that we do have and using them mm -hmm. the way that serves the most people, including ourselves. Nice. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, when I looked at your strengths mix and saw it well and heard that you had woo, I was like, wow, that, that is a, you know, every strength has its benefits and its power. Um, but I look at woo and I'm like, that's such an amazing strength to have if you're a business owner. Right. Yeah. You know, winning others over. So. Yeah. So what is it that you're excited about lately? I know you've mentioned like five phases of stalled business growth. Can we talk about this? Because I think yeah. the more language we have to understand a problem, the better we're able to find ourselves in it. Right. Well, I realized, you know, here's another problem. I have ideation in my top five. Okay. And so I'm all, I'm, you know, just generating ideas and thoughts and one of the ideas that I've come to is recognizing the journey. So someone who's in business and, and has sort of um, hit that, that stalled place where growth is not happening and are pulling their hair out, um, there's sort of a typical process that you go through. It does not feel typical when you're going through it. it feels, right, yeah. You know, incredibly frustrating. And I, I've called it the stalled business growth cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are five different phases in this cycle. So let me walk you through that really quickly. I love Feel it. free to hit me with questions as we go. Okay. So the first phase is momentum. So, and, and this is really coming from the stage of business that my clients tend to be at, which is, you know, they've surpassed the 100 K mark. They have a signature service or a group offer in place. So lots of momentum there right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Milestones are being hit and uh, yeah, they just have a nice strong foundation happening. That's mm -hmm. phase one. Phase two is where stalled growth starts to happen. And here's a sign of stalled growth. You know, you're, you're hitting a plateau. You start to notice that the clients that you're bringing on board are having issues. Maybe they're defaulting, maybe they're having contract issues. Maybe they're not engaging in the way that you'd like. Maybe they're not showing up mm -hmm. for the work. And so um, naturally what happens to the business owner is like, I'm, I'm not selling anymore. 
not consciously. Mm -hmm. That energetic close sign goes up. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and so that is troubling and because it's not so much in your face, then, you know, the, the momentum of that starts to build. And so I'm playing around with, with phase three and four, which is recognition and reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, so reflection is really about acknowledging, okay, I think I'm in a funk. Mm-hmm. Things are feeling really wonky. Um, and the other realization that happens in this reflection place is the business owner starts to go, I think, I think I've really evolved and things have really changed and the people that I'm talking to in my audience no longer excite me. Mm-hmm. And oh, what does that mean for my business? I've, I've built this audience. Typically the people I work with are able to build an audience fairly, a sizable, sustainable audience but they don't want to talk to them anymore. They're not happy The the clients they are generating from that audience are not working for them anymore. So that's a pretty troubling place to be. And so these and are then, people with like one-on-one and, and group coaching. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So regardless of, um, which, um, door the client comes in, um, they may have a great client come in and then three, four or five, whatever ones that are just not really doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay. So then the recognition phase. So this is where they realize, I think I've outgrown my ideal client. The person that I set out to help, I think I've outgrown them. Mm-hmm. And there's this realization about, okay, like I was saying, I, I, I need to evolve. Oh, am I getting my phases mixed up here? Yes, I am. So you've already gone through that. I need to evolve. What I happen, what I think happens here is people, instead of um, realizing I need to start talking to a new audience, I need to generate fresh energy. They, they continue to market to the same old ideal client, Hmm. right? Because they have a, they have a knowing and then they, is it, I mean, I would assume it's from these external things that we hear, like you have to have the same niche, you have to talk to the same people, like, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's scary. And, you, you know, I feel like this, you're, you're very much in a place of, um, the dark night of the soul, quite honestly. Yeah. Right. Cause money's not rolling in. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, stalled. I've been through these phases more than once. <laughs> to right. Yeah. 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 I love the, the honesty in that. Um, and so I think instead of, instead of like, you know, some people, their, their automatic feeling is like, I'm going to burn it all down. And some people do. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. I may have. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, but other people are like in a bit of a, you know, deer caught in the headlights place where they're like, I'm just going to keep doing what I was doing. Just keep on the treadmill. Right. And that can really suck people down. That's not a really great place to be in. So we don't want people to stay there for very long, but you know, inevitably sometimes that can happen. Um, yeah. So let's get out of that place. Cause that does not feel very good. Right. Yes. Next phase. <laughs> but it's important to recognize big sign of that is like, I'm doing all this marketing. I'm meeting, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same things that I've always done in my business, but I'm not seeing results. 
-hmm. I'm not seeing sales. I'm not seeing new clients. And so then the fifth phase really, you know, ideally clients are working with me in phase three and four. And so I'm helping them walk through that and um, they're not stuck there. But phase five is transformation, you know, adjusting to I've evolved, my audience has evolved. I can now, instead of feeling stuck, I now feel energized. I have long-term goals. I'm open to innovating. Mm -hmm. And you start taking calculated risks again, and it mm -hmm. feels great. And you're back in the seat of power. Right. Right? Yeah. This makes a ton of sense because if you think about who a coach is and how they got into it, it was like, and I heard somebody describe it recently as like kind of that new love feeling, yes. like in a new relationship and it's intoxicating and like, right. it's like change and transformation and all that coachy yes. goodness. And when you get into a thing and then you get all bogged down with marketing and niches and doing it all perfectly and revenue generation and you, you want to evolve though. We have to keep evolving because it's who we are. It's what brought us to it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's just so easy to get stuck. Totally. Especially, I mean, you know, money is, money is on the line here. Right. Yeah. And I like, from my personal point of view, it's like, I'm the primary breadwinner. We're building a new home. I'm like, I can't change things. Like I have to do the quote unquote responsible thing. But the thing that I've always done is change. Mm, the yeah. tension between that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm responsible and, you know, for my business to grow, I need to change and take risks and and evolve. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone listening and they're like, oh my God, I'm in three and four. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what comes up too is like, there's shame for people around the whole idea of outgrowing your ideal client. Like, and I don't, we're all evolving. Our, our ideal clients outgrow us too. <laughs> I think this happens yes. on both sides of the street. Yeah. So how do you like, how do you think about that whole concept? The outgrowing part of it. Yeah. Like how do you help people look at their own growth, not mm. as a negative to the people who they're surrounded by right now? Yeah. You know, quite frankly, at this stage, my clients are so desperate feels like the wrong word, but kind of desperate to see through the fog and the funk. And so this is where I talk to them about strengths and their Enneagram type, because uh -huh. here's one thing I need to add into my, my phases, um, is in all of the turmoil, what we do naturally is start to doubt everything we know to be true about our talents and our gifts mm -hmm. and what makes us so powerful. Right. Right. And so I get to help them plug back into, okay, as you are building your business, you had to wear all of the hats and you start to lose some of those key strengths that make you unique and amazing mm -hmm. and that make you love your work. Like, let's get you plugged back into that. Yeah. Check in. Does your business model line up with your strengths or which often happens is people start, you know, getting overdoing their strengths. Mm. Um, I'm thinking about a client who is in the health coaching space and she had a split, uh, like when I look at somebody's top five, I look at them as in percentages and she had 40% in 
in executing and 40 in relationship building. Mm. And what was happening is she was spending a lot of time and energy in the relationship building domain and her boundaries were getting weak. She was overgiving. She was just really um, taking the relational part and just leaning in so hard thinking that she was giving value. Mm-hmm. When actually when she's in her executing, which is a very for her, not for everyone in executing, but for her in executing, it's very diagnostic. Oh, which they need. So to. as a health coach, you know, it, it's really powerful. You're probably helping your clients leverage so much, you know, health and healing when you can help them diagnose and get to the problem. Right. And so for her in her sales energy is diagnostic delivery is relationship building. Right. Oh, interesting. I would think that's backwards. Yeah. For her, mm-hmm. it's important that it goes that way. Not everybody. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I think that word balance is like kind of terrible unless we attach the word your to it or my, yes. because yeah. that, like, how do we, ba- we can't balance everybody the same way. We can't have the same expectations and that goes for us too. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Right. So our lives can look terribly unbalanced to other people and feel incredibly balanced to ourselves. Thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What, like, do you want to share, like, where are you in this cycle? Are you in this cycle right now? Are you, do you want to share? You don't have to. Yeah. Where am I in the cycle right now? I feel like I'm, I'm in major like creation energy. Um, I am going after a new ideal client. And so, you know, that feels exciting and daunting at the same time. And, uh, I don't feel like I'm in the murky dark night of the soul place, Uh which is great. I feel like I'm on the other side and I have a really strong sense for, you know, what I need to do here and, and how I can help established business owners who, um, who are going through this and, you know, for a long time, to be completely honest, I feel like truly when I came out of high school, I thought I want to be a guidance counselor. That's what I want to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like for a myriad of reasons that we probably don't have time for today, I ran away from that. And I had lots of good reason to to run away from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this work is bringing me back there. Oh, yeah, it is. Right. Which yeah. is kind of amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when we're 18, we don't even know what exists. So you saw the thing that looked similar to who you were and that was it. Well, there were doors that were closed, uh, you know, that I had closed and that were at the time, you know, back in, what was that? Those late mid nineties, like there were doors that were definitely closed for me to make that happen. And I definitely wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Now mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm 51, I'm ready. Yeah. Like, a, a lot has happened. Yeah. So I think too, like, I don't know that way back when I was will like, even now I'm claiming more loudly, like I'm not here to have a big vision. I'm not here to create a thing. I'm not here mm-hmm. to like, I'm here to come alongside of, and I've, I've known that forever. 
But to say that in the world where we really value people with a big idea or the big startup or the founder culture, like that whole thing. And I'm like, I don't really have any of that in me. But what I do have is I can go with any of those people and make the journey better and more graceful. Yeah. Mm. But it's kind of, you know, it took me a while to be like, can I say that? Is that even valuable? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, my goodness, that's, I have chills just, you know, like sitting in that with you. It's, it's pretty powerful. And I mean, when I think of your Enneagram type, which I won't out you, um, I mean, there's stigma, stigma with every type, but um, yeah, there's some serious movers and shakers with your type Mm -hmm. who, who don't, who aren't, um, who aren't necessarily massive visioners, visionaries, visioners, whatever. Um, but they're just, they're helping people in really amazing ways, you know? Yes. That can be said about any type. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. So I just tend to attract the people who are really good at gathering a lot of people around them. That's cool. I love that there are people like that. What's that? I was just saying, I love that there are people like that. I wasn't identifying as being one of those people. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're definitely a gatherer of people. Oh, that's true. Yes. If, if you know me, I will keep you forever. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So where do we go from here? Is there anything else that's important for you to share about this new thing you're talking about? Or is there anything else that's just like been fun lately? Hmm been fun lately I mean oh goodness I am so like I'm digging I'm digging back into my like history and um I've been having fun just listening to some like 80s you know biopic type stuff that's been my my jam as of late but it, it must be this like all of this fresh energy and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know. Fun. Kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Well then can I ask you a few questions about yeah. remarkability? Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'm curious for you, what feels in your life, like kind of the everyday remarkable that you have access to, or you created? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> You know, I, it's so simple and yet it brings me massive amounts of joy, which is, um, I get to work from home. Mm -hmm. I get to create, you know, how many clients I want to create. I get to, uh, right now. So I live in Canada and we have six months of winter. Yeah. More like. I don't know, it feels like eight, but so the summer is like just this amazing time. And I love being able to spend as much time as I want out on my back deck in the quiet, mm-hmm. thinking and planning and, and doing my work. I um, love it. Yeah. And back when I, you know, my first career, I was a floral designer. I was stuck in some pretty intense hard laborious like physically intense work Mm -hmm. and so this just feels like such a delight right I feel like that's when you know you're doing it right it's like when it feels like you're cheating just to have the life you have 
Exactly. It, it feels like I'm cheating. Yeah. Good. That's fun. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Is there anything that's like, you know, I always think about the word remarkable and people, it's funny and it's sort of a funny word, but it's like most of the time when I talk to anybody, it's always these little mundane things that make mm. everything fun and remarkable. But is there a big thing? Is there a big thing that you're going after or that you've created? A big thing. Oh gosh. Big thing that I'm gonna walk away from this and be like, that's it. Okay. <laughs> that's the thing. Um on the off the top of my head, I can't think of a big thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I will tell you celebrating my wins yeah. is a place I have work to do. And so me that's too. why it's not super easy for me to access. Yeah. Quick. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. Yep. I understand. I'm constantly reminding people or inviting them to celebrate things. Yeah. 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 We're doing stuff. We're doing hard stuff. We're being consistent. We're showing up, yes. keeping people alive. Like I think just keeping a human body alive, our own, keeping it well-rested enough and fed. And it's a big job. Truth. Yeah. All right. Love it. Well, thank you for being here. What a pleasure. Yeah. Super fun. We're going to put your um, contact info in the uh, show notes so you guys can go find Heidi on the Instagram or wherever she tells us to send you. I would love that. All right. Thanks for being here. Total pleasure. <laughs>